Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 106, 106 here on the Yours Truly podcast. If you are new here, my name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and human being behind everything here at Yours Truly Nutrition, including what you are listening to here on the Yours Truly podcast. So I am so grateful that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me here this, I always said this morning morning, but you know, I guess you can listen to podcasts at any time of the day. So I'm grateful that you're spending any time of any time of the day with me whenever you're tuning in here. But before we get to today's episode, our incredible guests that I have to share with you. And before we even get to the yours truly goal slayer featured post of the week, we gotta take a moment to talk about the time of the year that is upon us. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, is Claire gonna go on a five minute long tangent about how much she loves fall? Yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) I wish I could say I was gonna be more original or I was gonna surprise you, but no. I, when it comes to fall, am about as basic as they come. I love pumpkins, I love the smell in the air, going to an apple orchard, whatever that might look like with COVID this year, you know, the pumpkin patch, pumpkin flavored everything, and then not to mention the holidays are right around the corner. So I don't know about you, but when the months of the year roll around that end in burr, I get pretty darn excited. But It's not all excitement this time of year for me because it's also around this time of year where some of my pet peeves about the diet industry, about food shaming culture as a whole, kind of start to come to a head. So I want to talk about one here just so you can kind of be on guard. Maybe you can be frustrated here with me for a moment, but something that I see happening pretty often on social media, specifically on Instagram, because it's more of like a a photo type platform. (laughs) If you don't know what Instagram is, it's for photos. Yay. Um, But I guess this could happen sometimes on TikTok as well. But something that I see happening so often is we get to these months that end in burr, where pumpkin flavored everything is on the table, is that some individuals. I won't name names because honestly, there are many people who do this, be it influencers or maybe dietitians who don't have an intuitive eating health at every size approach when they're still kind of trapped in the diety messages. But I see way more frequently than I would like to these side by sides of pumpkin spice latte or anything pumpkin flavored and then what is on the other side of the photo is a quote healthier swap heavy air quotes there and when i see this post they really grind my gears for a lot of different reasons a they're elevating one food choice at the expense of another they're inherently shameful. They're typically using words like bad or, you know, how dare you eat this much added sugar, rah, 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 you know, all of this stuff. So they not only have that shaming language, but 
also they are taking the time of year that we are meant to be excited about pumpkin flavor everything where it's it's normal to just be all up in arms about how amazing fall is they're taking the excitement of this time of year and they are telling us that we shouldn't be excited and that if we enjoy getting excited about pumpkin flavored things then we're doing a bad job we're not honoring our health and yada 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 all the shaming that comes along with this so absolutely not to the people who are posting side by sides trying to make people feel guilty feel shame trying to make us not enjoy everything pumpkin flavored so if you were listening to my rant that is now four minutes long well oh well where are you gonna go but if you were listening to my rant here and this resonates with you if you have seen these posts side by side and they also grind your gears i want to share with you you are allowed to be excited about pumpkin spice flavored everything if you enjoy it if you find it satisfying you're allowed to drink those beverages to eat those foods because We have bigger things to worry about in these upcoming months than the amount of calories in a latte that we choose to enjoy to celebrate this incredible, crisp, fall-themed time of year. So anyways, I'm going to step off of my soapbox. Oh, oh, I'm going to step back on for one more thing. When it comes to pumpkin-flavored drinks, I have to say this is purely an opinion. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram. But when it comes to pumpkin flavored things, I actually prefer, and I'm talking Starbucks here, I feel like, you know, we all know Starbucks, it's, you know, find it anywhere you go, but I really love the pumpkin flavored cold brew. I think it's called pumpkin cream cold brew over the pumpkin spice latte. Now this isn't like a side-by-side comparison based on nutrition facts or calories. It's none of that. It is purely based on my preferences. I find the, the cold brew to be more refreshing. I love the taste of the foamy cream on top. I don't know. I'm drooling on my microphone just about, and I'm gonna have to walk to Starbucks after I finish recording this, but let me know. Shoot me a DM if you are also a fan of pumpkin flavored things. Let me know if you're team PSL or are you team pumpkin cold brew? Let me know. But anyways, back to stepping off of my soapbox, we are actually here to talk about more than just (laughs) pumpkin, believe it or not. Maybe I'll do a full pumpkin-themed episode. If you all are into it, let me know. I'd be happy to ramble on about pumpkin-themed everything for 30 to 45 minutes, but that's not all we are here to do today. So I'd love to pop over to our regularly scheduled programming of our Yours Truly Goal Slayer Facebook community to read to you our featured post of the week. This poster, this community member writes, I wanted to share a small win for the evening. One of my students gave me some Pop-Tart bites today. They were absolutely delicious and I enjoyed them so very much. Later in the evening, I was ordering groceries and I came across said Pop-Tart bites. I added them to my cart and then immediately thought, oh wait, I need to look at the calories before I can get those. And not half a second later, I then found myself saying, uh, no you don't, it doesn't matter. Get the Pop-Tarts, enjoy them, and then move on. There is something so freeing about not having to worry about the specific number contents of foods. Are Pop-Tarts the most nutritionally complex food? 
No. But is it totally okay to allow yourself to eat them if you want them? Yep. And that is an amazing feeling. And I can almost guarantee that having them in my house and allowing myself to eat them is going to prevent a binge that would have happened down the road had I not got them and had I been thinking about them all week and not allowing myself to enjoy such a simple and tasty snack. It's the small wins. I've had many setbacks with intuitive eating lately, so I'm really focusing on this and hoping to take the thought process to other areas as well. So a big shout out and a thank you to this member of our goal slaying community. Uh, First of all, Pop-Tart Bites. If they're anything like the full-size Pop-Tarts, I can imagine they're incredible. And speaking about not demonizing things based on their calorie content, saying that all foods we enjoy can have a place in our life. I didn't plan this to go as perfectly as it does with that pumpkin spice latte rant that I just went on, but the sentiment is definitely similar here. So if you are listening to me read this post and you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to be in a community where people are talking like this, where they're sharing these types of wins. Also in a community where I can ask questions, I can receive community feedback and support from individuals who have a similar mindset, who are on a similar intuitive eating journey, then here is your invitation to come and join us in our free private community, the Yours Julie Goal Slayer. So all you have to do is fill out the application needed to join so we can learn a little bit about you and so you can learn some of the guidelines and the rules that we abide by as a community before you enter. So to find that application that I'm referencing, it is on my website, clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. Fill that out. We'll have you in the community within a couple of days from your submission of the application. And I can't wait to have you join us if you're not already there. So without further ado, I am finally (laughs) to the part of our episode where I am incredibly excited to announce the, I almost said the host, I'm the host, the guest, there we go, of this episode of the Yours Truly podcast. Uh, I, today on this episode, am speaking with Laura Burns. So I'm going to read her bio here that she has provided me so you can learn a little bit more about her before I share our conversation with you today. Laura Burns is a fierce, fat feminist advocate of body positivity and fat liberation. As the founder of Radical Body Love, she helps folks heal from body shame and oppression so they can empower themselves to live the life they deserve. Focused on connecting the physical and emotional to create healing pathways, Laura is committed to helping folks honor their bodies as they are. She believes that regardless of size, ability, age, gender expression, ethnicity, and experience with trauma, we are all worthy and deserving of honor and respect. As a fat Asian woman in recovery from binge eating disorder and living with chronic illness, Laura knows the daily trauma of living in a marginalized body and uses this experience to help others in similar situations connect with themselves in more compassionate ways. Accessibility, trauma sensitivity, and body autonomy are her guiding principles. 
Laura is a certified yoga teacher and trainer, E-R-Y-T 200 W-A-C-E-P, talk about the alphabet there, an ambassador for the Yoga and Body Image Coalition, the leader of the Houston chapter of Fat Girls Hiking, and sponsored trainer by Superfit Hero. She has been featured by Women's Health Magazine, Gayam, Fab, Fab, U plus, Fab, yeah, Fab U plus, I think I'm reading that correctly, magazine, and the Ohm Stars Network. Her work has appeared in numerous print and online publications, and her interviews from her various podcasts are available for listening around the web. You can find more information about Laura and her work at radicalbodylove.com. If that is not an impressive bio to tell you a little bit about our guest and all that she has done, I don't know what is. So in my conversation with Laura, which I so selfishly enjoyed because I learned so much throughout this conversation, but in this episode, you are going to hear us talk about yoga and how it relates to the process of connecting with your body, how yoga is far more than just a physical practice, how to get started with yoga if you are interested and have maybe never tried it before, and lots of other info nuggets that I hope you will find helpful. So for all of Laura's information, some of the resources that we mentioned throughout our conversation, like her Patreon, her YouTube, one of the handouts that we mentioned, be sure to check out the show notes below because all of the info is listed there. But without further ado, my friends, let's go chat with Laura Burns. Laura Burns, welcome to the Yours Truly podcast. How are you on this Thursday afternoon? Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing pretty good hiding from the heat in my air conditioning. (laughs) What did you tell me when we were, uh, before we hit record and we were getting to know each other? I think you said like 8,000 degrees or did you say it was 8 million degrees? I think I said 800 million degrees. Oh, wow. And 100% humidity. Oh, wow. Uh, Texas for us, right? (laughs) So before we dive into some of our questions and who you are and all of that fun stuff that we will get into, I have a little game that I like to play with guests called This or That, so we can kind of get to know you in a fun and different way. So are you ready? Drumroll, please. (laughs) Ready. Let's go. Uh, First one, iced tea or lemonade? Ooh. Arnold Palmer. Oh, you went off book with that answer. You're like, why not both combined oh, in the same drink? Same Best of both worlds. I love it. I can't blame you. Um, next one, tacos or burritos? Oh, tacos for sure. What's your reasoning? I must know. Um, I don't know. I think tacos are more fun to eat. They're also easier to eat. Uh-huh. Like less unwieldy than a big burrito that always wants to fall apart. You know, and you're supposed to keep the foil on it, but the foil never stays on, and then you accidentally eat the foil. I don't know. Tacos (laughs) all the way. That's the worst. I'm envisioning like a Chipotle burrito, and it's like falling apart, and you take a bite of the foil, and you're like, that's not burrito. (laughs) Not a fun time. So I'm with you on Team Taco. Um, Okay, so you mentioned something earlier. You said something about pets and pet hair, so I can assume that you maybe have either one or both of these, but I'm curious, cats or dogs? Oh, cats for sure. I'm a cat lady, 100% for life. Um, Though I did have a sweet, precious dog for 16 years. um, And she's no longer with us, but she's forever in my heart. But I will never have a dog again. (laughs) 
I definitely am a cat person who ended up with a dog by accident. Uh-huh. And it was a lovely time, but cats forever. One and done with the dogs. One and done. <laughs> so my next one, um, this is maybe extra appropriate for the quarantine time that we're all living in, but Netflix or Hulu when it comes to streaming services? Hmm. Ooh, probably Netflix, but Hulu is a, is a good option. It kind of depends on what you're watching. Like Hulu is all the like terrible television that I don't want to like, but I do. I do, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Um, I, I don't personally have Hulu myself, but I feel like whenever there's like a new show that I want to watch, it's always on Hulu and not on Netflix with a couple of exceptions. Maybe that's my sign I should get a Hulu account. Sounds like it. Okay, final one for you for this or that. When it comes to like sounds going on in the background, like you're working, for example, would you rather have music on in the background or a podcast on in the background? Ooh, definitely not a podcast because I would want to listen to it and like really pay attention. I actually have a different option for you, which is my go-to thing. It's um, a free app and also free on, um, if you're like on your computer, it's called Coffitivity. What it is, is (laughs) it sounds so stupid. It's recorded like coffee shop noises, cafe noises, and they have like different ones. My favorite is, uh, I think it's called morning murmur (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. But it literally is just like the sound of like murmuring voices and like kind of clinking a little bit. And it's like, it's to replicate that being in a coffee shop, working on something and just like kind of feeling the energy of people around you, but not being able to really understand anything anyone is saying so it's good background noise and when I heard about this I was like that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and then I tried it and it is amazing and it really works for me at least it really helps me focus um and I always tell everyone about it because it's such a strange thing but for me it's like every day it's like one of my um you know when you open your internet and it if you set it to like open certain websites Uh every time that's one it's like that in my email that pops up is like my everyday tabs. It's the best. I love it. Well, I'm so happy. I've never asked anyone that question on like this or that, but I'm so happy I asked you that question because that was probably one of the most unique responses I would have ever received. And now that I'm thinking about it, I've never heard of that before. What again was the name of it? Coffitivity, like coffee and productivity, a portmanteau. Okay. Coffitivity. It's a free app. You don't have to pay anything for it. It's That's so awesome. Uh, not sponsored, by the way. People. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored. Please, sponsor me. <laughs> totally. I was going to say, you just did a free ad for them. They need to compensate you. Um, but I'm thinking, I used to love to go to coffee shops to like work or write something because of the ambiance. But I mean, now in COVID, we're not really doing that so much anymore. So there you go. Coffee shop at home. I love it. (laughs) Well, now that you've already provided us a ton of value with that suggestion before we even introduced you or you know who you are, thank you um, first and foremost. But for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with you, maybe they don't know about your work, would you mind just sharing a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, I would love to. So, um, well, again, my, my name is Laura Burns. <laughs> um, I live in Houston and I am a yoga teacher. And um, I, it's always funny when I'm like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher because I grew up, well, grew up when I was like a teenager in the late 90s, everybody was starting to talk about yoga. And I was like, no, thank you. 
and um, and then my friends like dragged me to this uh, Bikram yoga class, which is the hot yoga. In case people don't know, it's super hot, like ninety degrees with carpeted floors and like fifty people just like not wearing a lot of clothes and just sweating everywhere and doing this series of yoga poses. And the whole deal with Bikram is that they're like. Um, kind of rude and they're like mean to you a little bit anyway so I did that and I was like oh my god yoga is the worst this is terrible and I was like super like evangelical about how dumb yoga was and how much I hated it so it's always funny to be like I'm a yoga teacher <laughs> because like if you would have told me then that that was my literal job I would have laughed so hard um <laughs> that I probably choked so yeah I'm a yoga teacher and um I am a fat person. I did my yoga teacher training with um, Curvy Yoga, who was created, uh, which was created by Anna Guest Jelly. And um, so my training is like created by people in larger bodies, meant to help me teach yoga to people in larger bodies or people who are injured or older folks or people just who don't want that like competitive yoga, power yoga, um, like competitive feeling even with themselves um and not to say that like those people are terrible just that's not what i'm interested in and that's not what i have found that um my people and when i say my people i i mean uh other people who are in larger bodies typically want right um and so my yoga exists to help people who maybe have had a really um combative relationship with their bodies for their whole lives or who have had eating disorders or other trauma and um, that has made them not feel super connected to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's typically who I get is people who are like, I want to be more connected to myself. And so whether they're fat or not, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Not all of my students are fat, mm -hmm. um, but all of them share in common the desire to explore movement and explore yoga in a way that is about, um, that is not about an exercise necessarily, mm -hmm. um, but is more about an emotional connection um, and mindfulness like in their own bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm also a body liberation activist. I spend a lot of my time just advocating for change <laughs> in the world. Um, really, I'm interested in fat people and people with disabilities and just, I mean, really everyone to be treated with more respect and dignity and to have access to the resources that should be available to them already, specifically regarding like access to quality and compassionate healthcare, um, legal protection, you know, size is not a legally protected status. So you can be fired for being too fat, which is um, horrifying and ridiculous and is so unfair um, anyway, so there's a lot of body liberation activism that I do as part of the yoga and also just in general as a personal passion of mine. And then um, kind of the newest piece to the work that I do is working with people with PCOS and helping them to both connect with their bodies and find um, that personal empowerment and uh, that connection uh, that I was talking about earlier. Totally. And for anyone who's interested about that last piece that Laura was mentioning, we'll plug that at the end and we'll share, you know, how people can get in contact with you about that and how they can um, get into that community that you were mentioning. But it kind of sounds like, you know, uh, on the surface, like that very short, quick, you know, who I am and what I do is I'm a yoga teacher. But then as you dug a little bit deeper, you're like, and I also do so many other things. <laughs> like it's not just yoga. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, so here's a funny story um, is that I was, uh, my husband and I wanted to get a personal trainer oh. because uh, we need somebody to tell us what to do. Because <laughs> when I go to the gym, I kind of just like, like to play around on things, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, so we we're going to get this personal trainer and we met with this guy for the first time and he's like really young and like, very polite, but he goes, Oh, well, what do you do? And I said, Oh, I'm a yoga teacher. That's my like short answer. Cause uh -huh. not everybody needs like the whole thing. And he's right. like, Oh yeah. Do you teach a lot? Like how many classes do you teach? And I was like, Oh, I teach two classes a week. And he's like, well, you're not making a living off of that. And I was like, do you want the long answer of all the things that I do in a week that keep me busy and like constitute a business anyway? It's so funny to me. Um, I always think about that whenever anybody says like, Oh, you're doing a lot. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're like, I can imagine it in that scenario with that personal trainer. You're like, dude, I was trying to spare us some time, right? I, I could go into depth about a million things that I'm doing to, you know, run my business and help people and to, to be an activist, but, you know, maybe not exactly the, the spiel that you were hoping to have to give in that moment. Yeah, that was for your benefit. <laughs> but something that you hinted at earlier, and this is actually a question that I had scheduled for a little bit later in our conversation, but I think it fits pretty naturally now. You were kind of hinting at this version of yoga. I almost want to put like yoga in air quotes and describing it this way because it's this version that we see on social media, in commercials, on ads, you know, all of these things that presents yoga in a very one-dimensional way. It's like yoga is for exercise, kind of like you were saying, or you have to look this way, you have to wear these clothes, you have to show up at this time, you have to sweat this amount, and you're, uh, to use your words, 800 million degrees. <laughs> Um, Houston style type of yoga room, but um, kind of the, the answer that I'm getting from you and what I know to be true about yoga that really isn't a true representation of the yoga that it sounds like you're representing and that you want people to learn. So I'm kind of curious if you were maybe to offer a definition of yoga, like how would you describe it? Oh, and like a quick definition that's so hard. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I guess like to go back to like, um, you know, yoga means union, right? It means to, to yoke or, or union. Um, and I think that that's probably the easiest answer is yoga is the union of your mind and body. And so I think um, I always talk about the floating head syndrome, which is like, I personally experience this. A lot of people, especially people in larger bodies experience this where, um, you kind of live your life and you really only pay attention to like the neck up and the rest of your body. It's like, it's there, right? You like eat food and you move and you can feel like, you know, if you like get cut by something, you can feel, you know, the pain. If you injure yourself, you can feel it. But the rest of the time you're just not present because being present is so challenging sometimes, especially when you're taught not to value yourself or to respect your body because of whatever reason, not just because of size. There's so many reasons that people end up like this. And so for me, it was because I was fat and I was treated very poorly by strangers, by people that I knew, by the medical professionals that I um, was in contact with. And I just learned to get through it by being a floating head, walking around, living my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I always tell people that the combination of yoga and fat positivity saved my life. Um, and I mean that in the literal, the literal sense of actually saving my life. And just as a, 
like content warning um, for anyone who's uncomfortable um, hearing about um, like self-harm or you know thoughts of like negative thoughts about life in general like this is not maybe skip ahead a minute or so but basically um, I was living in a city that I, I was living in Baltimore I didn't grow up there and so I had a limited you know support network I was super unhappy I was engaged in um, disordered eating and super negative I just like I hated life and nobody knew because you know people are very good at pretending um, and so it was even worse because it was very isolated and I um, I basically made a choice I was either going to not be here anymore or I was going to radically change the way that I thought about myself and uh, I'm still here so the choice was to change how I thought about myself and I found uh, fat positivity and I started experimenting with yoga and those two things together which is now what I teach <laughs> those two things together really saved my life and changed the way that I think about myself the way that I think about other people the way that I approach life just it changed my entire life um, and so I really credit those two things um, with I mean really everything with like the quality of life that I have today and so um, yoga is union of mind and body but for me it's also a union of uh, body liberation or fat positivity or fat liberation or body positivity whatever you want to call it I call it body liberation now and um, a, a mindfulness a, a being present in the body so very long-winded answer to say <laughs> union and a bringing together of those two elements which for me and for many other people have been incredibly impactful and life-changing yeah I think it was an incredible answer and I think it goes to show that it's not just your career it's not just what you do but it's like who you are right it's, yeah, at this really, point, it's definitely like an embodiment of me in general totally and a word that you used a couple of moments ago you said the word radical um and i know in some of your wording and just the research that i've done on you and kind of looking at your content and what you stand for um i picked up on some phrasing of something that you call radical body love yoga so um is that like your kind of creation your baby if you will or would you maybe tell us a little bit about what that is yeah so um radical body love is the name of my business in general and it is my personal philosophy and when i say okay so when i say radical what i mean is it is a radical act to value my body as it is in this moment as not just a like a, a fat person or a like what people call small fat. I don't know if your audience is familiar with that, but there's like small fat, mid fat, and then like super fat, infinite fat, like just there's a whole range, right? And so I'm at the larger end of the plus size, of the mainstream plus size spectrum, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, um, especially for me as a person on the larger end of that spectrum, um, it is a radical act to say in this body that I have in this very moment, that I value and honor myself with no caveats, not when I lose 200 pounds, mm -hmm. not, you know, when I accomplish this task or get this training or whatever, or when I, you know, change my health in this certain way. It's saying all of us, and I'm speaking about me right now, but all of us in this moment, whatever our bodies are, that we can honor and respect them. And so then I also say the love part 
you don't have to love your body all the time. It's radical body love and it's more an unconditional love, right? It's very challenging. And I honestly don't know that anyone loves their body every moment of every day. That doesn't seem realistic to me. So radical body love is like the radical act of honoring and valuing yourself regardless of your size or shape or ability or age or any of the, the things, any of the marginalizing characteristics that people live with. Um, and so radical body love yoga then is the yoga that I teach. I did kind of create this whole philosophy um, of teaching. It's building on, of course, the amazing work that I learned um, from uh, Curvy Yoga and Anna Getschelli and my other uh, yoga mentor, who's Abby Lentz of Heavyweight Yoga. So it's building on those things, but it pulls together, right? We are the culmination of all of our experiences. So radical body love yoga is that training that I have, my lived experience, my whole life as a fat person, the um, trauma-informed training that I have, the trauma-informed intuition that I have from coming from a history of abuse and trauma, uh, traumatic experiences. It's everything pulled together to create this whole package. And so like when you come to one of my classes, it's not just like, oh, this is a safe place for people in bigger bodies or like injured or older folks. It's like also, it's really gentle. And there's an emphasis on accessibility and there's an emphasis on um, coming from a trauma informed perspective. And so all of these things like come together to create this like ball of hopefully um, a, a balm really, a, like a, a healing like place to be that feels safe and comfortable um, and encouraging. Yeah. And what you're describing, I have to say, sounds so much more welcoming and pleasant and uplifting than kind of, you know, the question I asked a couple of moments ago is this, you know, idea that we're sold, we're given, we see this very like one dimensional version of yoga. And it kind of reminds me of what you were relating, like your first yoga experience to. <laughs> it's like, or it has to be this way and they're kind of mean and, you know, you just don't feel accepted or you don't feel pleasant in this space. It kind of sounds like to me, it doesn't kind of sound like, it definitely sounds like to me just what you've been able to create is the opposite of that one dimensional. It has to look this way. You have to sweat this much. You have to look this way. You have to move this way. And it's just refreshing. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned at the, the beginning of our episode before we hit record, um, I've taught yoga on and off for years. And it's so refreshing to hear your take on this because it is so radical, as you were saying, and it's so different than that message that we've been sold for most of our lives. Um, but something that I'd love to touch on that you were mentioning a little bit a couple of moments ago when you were offering that wonderful definition of yoga with all the different layers. Um, you said, simply speaking, yoga means union or to yoke. Um, and kind of the example that you gave, it's like the union of mind, body, spirit, of breath and body, things like that. And what that made me think of is in intuitive eating and the work that I do with you know my clients and on social media, it's this idea of um, how do we be in the moment kind of connected to the experience of eating or you know being in our body isn't knowing that will be different for everyone but I'm curious how do you kind of see yoga is that doorway if you will to kind of reconnect with our bodies or to get back out of that kind of floating head syndrome as you were mentioning yeah exactly um 
And so I think that the practice of being present in your body, like, so in yoga for people who maybe aren't, um, have never taken yoga or experienced it at all. One of the biggest things, at least in my classes and many classes that I've taken is an emphasis on noticing, right? So it's mindfulness. It's noticing what can you feel inside your body, sensations or energy, your mood, any thoughts that come up as you notice parts um, and then, you know, what can you feel outside your body connected to the space around you? It's, it kind of forces you to be embodied. It forces you to notice these things that we wouldn't necessarily do already. And I think that that, and I'll speak for myself here, that was super helpful for me when it came to eating because I was not connected to what I was eating before. Um, for me, eating was a stressful time when I was either on the diet train back in the day when I was still uh, invested in diet culture. Um, and it was like, you know, every bite was like, should I be eating this? You know, what's going to happen? What is eating this going to do for me? Um, and always in a negative way. And when you are embodied like that, like yoga teaches you to experience, to investigate, to notice, but not to judge. Right. So we just notice instead of oh, I'm laying on the floor and like, I'm feeling discomfort in my hips. Instead of going, oh, I bet it's because I'm fat. I'm so fat that I've made my hips. Like, this is like the train of the thought that people go into. And I, you know, for me, that used to be really what happened. But instead of that, where we like start spiraling into like negative things, instead of that, we can say, this is what it feels in my hips right now. It's, I'm experiencing discomfort. That's okay. Let me just notice it. This is what my body feels like right now. And that's okay right? Discomfort is not going to last forever. And if it does, then you figure out ways to mitigate that discomfort and to find comfort in other ways. Um, and I think that that translates to food a lot because um, when we, or I speak for myself, when I <laughs> eat food and I'm not paying attention, it's really easy to later think in ways that don't serve me, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, um, Let's see. So if I eat something that is considered like, quote, I'm doing air quotes for everybody yeah. who can't see me, bad food, which I don't believe in bad food and good food. Uh -huh. But if you're eating bad, oh, I was so bad. You know, I, right. I had, um, let's say a bowl of ice cream, you know, uh -huh. um, if that's the mentality that I have about food, then I'm probably not even going to pay that much attention to eating it. Right. I'm going to like eat it really fast, you know, so it's like done. It's like, oh, I got my ice cream, but now I feel bad about it. And so yoga teaches us to be in our bodies, be in the moment, enjoy that ice cream. You should savor that ice cream. If you're going to eat it, you should love it. Like feeling the texture and the creaminess and the richness and the temperature and smelling it. And, you know, all the things like really enjoy the heck out of that bowl of ice cream. Because what is the point when it comes to food? What is the point of eating things if you are not going to enjoy them? And I spent so much of my life just like eating super fast because I wanted to eat that hamburger or the ice cream or the pizza, whatever it is, the French fries. Um, but I didn't want to think about it too much because I would go down that shame spiral that I was talking about. Does that, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but. No, no, it makes total sense. And I think kind of what I'm taking away from what you're sharing. And when you said this one line earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, those are words that we use in the intuitive eating approach. But you were sharing that yoga kind of encourages this sense of non-judgmental awareness. I, I love the example that you offered about how you felt kind of laying on your yoga mat and then how you can take that sense of non-judgmental awareness of just noticing, saying, 
this is how it is. That's okay. I'm allowed to feel that way and kind of investigating and how you also brought that into a food example. I think people who are probably listening, who are maybe working on intuitive eating, they're maybe trying to have that similar experience with the ice cream. Maybe they haven't noticed that they're in kind of some way, shape or form practicing that like yogic mentality, <laughs> like non-judgmental yeah. awareness, but maybe they haven't been labeling it as such. Yeah. And you know, um, intuitive eating is part of my uh, personal uh, I guess eating practice or whatever part of my life. Uh -huh. Um, and it was really important for me, uh, when I started trying to eat like that and it was so hard. So one thing I just always say whenever like this topic comes up is like, if you're new to it and you're like, this is really hard, like it's hard. It's let me validate <laughs> your feelings. It's really hard, especially if you've lived your entire life with a very different way of thinking about food, especially like for people like me who, so I have binge eating disorder. Um, and so for me, it's like, and when I have had those episodes, it was like eating a lot of food really fast. Right. Cause like, I want to eat this and like, even maybe I don't want to eat this, but I'm still going to eat this. Um, and like, you know, but I don't want to think about it. And I think that being embodied embodiment in general, being present, mindfulness, all this stuff is like the most impactful stuff you can do. Um, but it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And so I always just want to validate like the challenge and like, this is years. It takes so long to move through all this and get to a better place for most people. Um, and so I just like to be a cheerleader to people and say, it's hard. And if you feel like you're kind of slogging through, um, just know, like you you can get there, you can do it. If listen, if I can get to a point where I don't like have those thoughts about food in my body anymore, like believe me, you can also. <laughs> yeah, and I I love that you bring up that idea of just like let me validate anyone who is listening. I think, or I, I hope at least people who are listening to the episode feel heard and kind of seen. And I think it's an awesome reminder too of it might feel challenging and it's not the, the quick process, right? The unlearning process takes time, but something that comes to my mind when I'm hearing you say something like it took me time and it is challenging. Um, I start to ask myself the question, well, where do we begin? And I, I may be wondering if our listeners are thinking, well, I've never done yoga before in the way Laura's describing it. I, I would love to get in on that. I would love to practice more of that type of yoga. So this is probably a question that you get all the time, but I've been itching to ask you this entire time. Um, if someone who is listening has maybe never done yoga, they've never practiced it, you know, what is maybe a suggestion or a tip that you have to offer when it comes to taking that first step and just getting started? Yeah, this is probably the number one question that I get from people. I thought it might be. <laughs> in fact, I um I get asked it so often. I I can't I I can't individually respond to people anymore uh -huh. who ask me this question because it happens so much. And I I don't like to respond unless I can give a thoughtful mm -hmm. answer. Um, and so I had to. I actually created an online course. <laughs> We'll plug that at the end too. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to run it again because it's a live facilitated four okay. or, or three week course. Um, but I just say that to, to show you like if you are asking yourself that question, like so are a lot of people. Um, so here's what I normally say to people. Ask yourself, what do you want from your practice? What is the point 
of the practice you have? Is it for exercise? Is it to stop being a floating head? Is it to help you practice mindfulness or meditation or intuitive eating? Get really clear on what you're trying to do because that's going to drive how you practice. And I would like to just um, say before I say anything else that the yoga as is shown to us in our culture and really in the world mostly now is asana. It's the physical postures. Um, and that's really not the core of yoga at all. And that's hard for some people to hear because they're really invested in wanting to like make shapes with their bodies. And listen, I get you. I love it too. I like it. But um, yoga or um, asana, the postures is one limb on the tree of yoga that has eight limbs. There's mm -hmm. so much more to it. And so if your desire to experience yoga is about meditation or connection, you don't have to do any physical postures at all. Or like you could just sit <laughs> or lay or you could practice restorative. So there's a lot of different styles. And that's why I always ask people like, what is the point for you? Like, what do you want out of this? And then once you know that you can realize, okay, if it is for exercise, if it is to experience your body moving and stretching in different ways, then maybe find a class that would be a good start for you. Buy a book, an instructional book about yoga. There's so, because of technology now, man, like there's free videos on YouTube. There's, um, you know, streaming subscriptions. There's like, um, people have Patreons, like me and a lot of my peers have Patreons, um, where you can like join at a certain level and get access to recorded videos. Like there's so much out there. Um, but before you go spend money on props and subscriptions or whatever, really get clear about what you want from that and then figure out how to get that because people can spend a lot of money on stuff that they don't really need and that they're not going to use. And I am a huge proponent that yoga doesn't need to cost money. And that even if you want props and stuff, you can DIY props yourself. Um, and I actually have a handout. I don't know if in the show notes, like if you can link a document. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I have a handout that's about yoga props and like where you can buy them and then how you can DIY them also uh -huh. because, um, part of the problem with yoga as it is in the world right now is that it's really inaccessible. Mm -hmm. Um, the prices of classes and streaming services, especially now during COVID, um, a lot of people, you know, are out of work, um, or their, you know, pay has been cut a lot. It's really inaccessible for a lot of people. So, um, there's a lot of free yoga out there. You can make your own props. You can DIY it with stuff you have around the house. Um, but yeah, so that's like kind of my general answer, like a quick, quick and dirty answer. Not that that was super quick, um, <laughs> about how to get started, be clear what you want from it and then move forward. Um, and, and know that if the physical part of it, like the postures and, and sweating and bending and stuff doesn't appeal to you that much, there's so much more to explore um, that could be helpful. You can have a very like enriching yoga practice for the rest of your life and never do anything other than sitting there or laying down. Yeah. And I love too how you just kind of expanded that definition of quote yoga that some people might have in their minds. Like, yeah, it can look like doing yoga as a movement practice and bending your body into certain shapes, but it can also look like me sitting <laughs> and it might look like I'm doing quote nothing, but the, the internal work there is definitely happening. And two, I think it's so important how you kind of presented this idea of working backwards in a way, um, kind of assessing your intention, like 
what do I want? Like, what's my outcome? What am I searching for? And then using that as kind of the, the guide or the flashlight into the dark hallway, if you will, like, where am I going to start? What kind of resources am I going to seek out? And I would love to see that document you are referencing about how to get creative with props. So if you want to send that to me, you know, post recording, I'll be sure to put the link to that in the show notes for sure. The first thing that came to my mind is like stealing a tie out of my partner's uh, closet and using it as a strap. <laughs> a dog leash is really awesome for that. Oh, true. Non-stretchy dog leash is like so good. It's basically a yoga strap already. <laughs> but uh, probably a lot cheaper and a lot of people will probably already have that on hand. <laughs> So we'll, we'll be sure to kind of get that in the show notes so people can find it. But this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your, your wisdom, all of the, the value nuggets that you did. I, I shared with you before we hit record that I've never had a yoga instructor before on the podcast. So uh, our first our first talk was successful in my book. But um, for Oh. the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited you were the first, but um, for anyone who's listening, maybe wanting to learn more about you, your work, the Patreon you just mentioned, maybe the um, community that you and Julie are kind of building, the PCOS community, if you could just share and plug all of that so people know where to find you, that could be great. Yeah, thanks. Um, let's see. So Instagram, I'm, uh, in terms of social media, Instagram is really the one that I'm most active on. So I am at radical body love on Instagram. Um, and I have a Facebook page. If you're really into Facebook, I don't post that often. Uh, but it's also radical body love on Facebook and my website is radicalbodylove.com. So all of those are really good places to like plug in. I have a newsletter that goes out very infrequently <laughs> if you would like to sign up for that. So I am teaching online classes these days because of COVID everything switched to be online, but honestly it really works well for me. And so even when we are able to be back in person, I'm going to continue to teach online classes. So if you'd like to try yoga with me, you can do that. Um, and you can get info about that on my website. Um, and that's also linked on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And then the um, Patreon that I have also linked on Instagram is um, a space where I have different tiers and you can get access to a private patrons only Facebook community, um, a guided meditation once a month or a weekly yoga practice at the different levels. Um, and so there are also some free classes. I wanted to be sure and say, on my Patreon, I have, I think, four or five free practices that I put up um, earlier this year. So if you just want to try, I think most of them are either on the floor or involve a chair. So it's very gentle, very accessible. If you just want to get a taste for um, the kind of yoga that I'm talking about, please go check those out. They're on the Patreon, but they're open to the public and free. You don't have to sign up for anything to access them. Mm -hmm. And then um, the last thing is the uh, PCOS Body Liberation Community, and that is a project that I'm working on with Julie Duffy Dillon, who's also a dietitian, mm -hmm. um, and she works, she's like kind of an expert in um, PCOS-related dietitian topics, <laughs> food piece. Sorry, I, I don't know the lingo. Um, and so we're working together. She provides the food piece lessons, the expertise on that side, and I provide the um, gentle, accessible, trauma-informed yoga. And we have um, a private Facebook community for members where we do all kinds of things. Um, it's very community-oriented. The whole goal, the reason why we created it is because people with PCOS who do not want to engage in diet culture have nothing 
have no resources online for support, for community to make friends. Everything is very weight loss and diet culture focused. And so I was like, I personally just need this. So let's create it and then we'll get everybody else involved. So if you are a person with PCOS and that sounds appealing to you, you can check out, we have an Instagram for that, which is just at PCOS body liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can learn lots of details, follow that account. If you want to, um, see information, uh, about the community or just about like the work that we're doing in general. Um, and if that idea of the community sounds good to you, then, um, it might be a good fit. Totally. And we'll be sure to have all of that in the show notes, have all of it in one place. So if someone is like, wait, you can't remember handle? all those things that I just said. <laughs> I was like taking mental notes. I was like, look this up, plug this there, but we'll make sure because if someone's driving or if they're out walking the dog. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I just forgot. (laughs) Also, I just wrote a book and it's coming out. um, Sometimes so busy. (laughs) Oh my God. I just turned in the last of my chapters. So it hasn't been published yet. It goes to the publisher. Now they're going to edit and do other stuff, but it is an instructional yoga book for people in bigger bodies. So if that's appealing to you, (laughs) then um, I guess if you just follow me or sign up for the email uh, newsletter, then you'll hear about it. But I can't believe I forgot to say it. (laughs) I'm not used to talking about it. You've been like, you've been working on it so hard and it's been your reality (laughs) that it just like, you just wanted to escape it for a moment. (laughs) Probably, yes. (laughs) Well, we'll be sure. It kind of sounds like the the main takeaway is find you on Instagram for updates, for the links, for the URLs, but we'll be sure to have all of that linked as well. Um, Honestly, I don't believe I've ever had someone on a show who has offered like so much value just in like the resources and all of the things, you know, that people can do to get involved and all the things. So I have so much enjoyed our conversation. I know our listeners, I can't speak for them, but I hope that they have as well. Um, Laura, it has been great to talk with you, get to know you a little bit more and members or listeners rather, I was listening to you say members all the time, but it's listeners of the Yours Julie podcast. Maybe we could start a membership one day, but listeners, um, hope you enjoyed our episode today. That is all that Laura and I have for you. So without further ado, we will sign off. Yours truly, Claire and Laura. There you have it, my friends. That is our show today. Thank you again for joining Laura and myself here for episode 106 of the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or anything else that we share here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could tap those five stars and take any time that you have out of your day to leave us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to hear more of so that the show can continue to to be as valuable and as helpful to you as possible. And when you leave us a rating and a review, that is one of the best ways to help the show grow so other people who could benefit from hearing this message can find us. But that is all we have for this week. Again, thanks for joining us, and I'll see you back here next Wednesday for another episode of the show. Take care.